Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Shohei Otani hit his 41st homer of the season this week, but here's the moment when the Angels All-Star hit his 40th against the Tigers. Oh, Otani got it! He got it! Number 40! A franchise record for left-handed hitters, 3-1 Halos! Oh, uncle! Shohei Otani, number 40! Seven incredible innings on the mound, and he just smashes a baseball a mile. As you heard, a franchise record for left-handed hitters, and he did it after pitching seven innings. Listeners, what do you think we're witnessing here with Shohei Otani? You can share your thoughts at 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. You can also email us, forum at kqed.org, or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. Let me tell you who is with me. J.P. Hornstra is a Major League Baseball reporter for Southern California News Group. J.P., thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. June Lee is also with us, a staff writer for ESPN. June Lee, so glad to have you on, too. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So, June Lee, Shohei Otani has been compared to baseball legend Babe Ruth. Is that just hyperbole, or is there really something to that? I don't think it's just hyperbole. I think he's doing something that Babe Ruth hasn't done before, which is kind of wild to say. I mean, Otani is kind of unprecedented in the history of baseball at the level that he's not only hitting at the plate, but is pitching. Babe Ruth hit and pitched for two seasons uh, with the Boston Red Sox, but he never did both as as at as high a level as, as Otani is doing it right now in the major leagues. I mean, Otani is one of the best power hitters in the sport right now. He's arguably a top 25, top 20 pitcher in the sport right now. Uh, Ruth was obviously one of the greatest hitters of all time, but he never hit and pitched at the same level at the same time as Otani is at this current moment. Whoa, J.P. Hornstra, do you agree? Also, it sounds like Jun Lee is basically describing somebody who is carving out sort of their their own lane in all of this that's unique to to baseball. I think that's totally fair and accurate. It is something that I didn't expect to see as a baseball reporter in my lifetime. Um, somebody who could hit full time as well as Otani has and pitch full time as well as Otani has um, in, in the same season. Um, but, but we're seeing it here happen. I mean, he has a chance to not only be the best starting pitcher on the Angels pitching staff, but he has a chance to lead the major leagues in home runs. Um, I never would have anticipated seeing that in my lifetime. Yeah. Can you help me understand how unique this is? I mean, I know based on what you're describing at the moment, but I'm also just curious about 
the physical mechanics required to be this good at both things as you're describing JP Ornstra? Sure. When Shohei Otani signed with the Angels uh, a couple seasons ago, there were a lot of meetings prior to that first season about exactly what his schedule would look like because it was unlike the schedule of any other active Major League Baseball player. He had to train to both hit and pitch at the same time. And what you saw, you know, obviously there was a big major injury uh, that required surgery on his elbow in, in the meantime, but it, there was a gradual ramp up to where now today he's, like you mentioned in the intro, uh, he might pitch one night and then go out and be the designated hitter <laughs> that same night uh, and, and, and then hit again the next day. Um, he wasn't playing quite this much at the beginning. It was, it was a very gradual ramp up to see that he was capable of this. And um, in spite of that surgery, in the meantime, he's showing that he's completely capable of, of being both, um, you know, hitting one day, pitching the next, sometimes doing both in the same day. Junlee, do you want to add anything to that about why? I mean, you see this in the in the little leagues, right? <laughs> but um, it doesn't and, and the minor leagues, but it doesn't translate necessarily when you get to the level that Otani is at right now. Yeah, I think JP makes a lot of good points there. I think specifically from a mechanic standpoint, the reason why this doesn't happen more often while it does at the you know little league level when kids are still learning how to play baseball is that baseball is full of so many weird motions and so many specific movements. Um, you know, pitching is feels like pretty much a completely different sport from hitting other than the commonality of using your legs and your hips to generate torque. Um, but the mechanics of what you're doing when you're hitting and pitching are almost kind of completely formed from one another. And so... To, for Otani to be not only maintaining his arm strength to be able to pitch in the way that he does, but also hit in the way that he does, you know, pitching is kind of deceptively tiring on the body because you're using a lot of kind of small muscles in your hips and your upper body uh, to, to maintain this velocity, especially in the major leagues today when, when players are hit, uh, throwing you know, routinely 98 to 100 miles per hour, which is what Otani does. Um, and, and so to be able to maintain that over the course of you know, every five days pitching and also being able to hit on a nightly basis using those same muscles uh, to, to hit as well. Um, it, it's a physical feat that I think is on, on par with what folks like Bo Jackson were doing um, when he was playing football for the, for the, for the Raiders and, and also playing outfield for the Kansas City Royals. So there's that, right, <laughs> which is a lot, June Lee. But one of the things I've also been struck by is that even non-baseball fans – seem to be really into him. And I'm curious what you think has drawn their attention. Like what is so captivating about Otani personally? I think it's a couple of things. I think the first thing is that he plays with this joy on the field where he looks like a kid out there and mm. how much he's enjoying playing baseball. He yeah, kind of six reminds foot four you, kid. <laughs> he kind of reminds you of the spirit of what it's like to play Little League Baseball when you are both able to pitch and hit at the same time. So there's kind of stretching the, the imagination there of what's possible on the baseball field and what's just possible for, I think, human beings in general. Like so many people wrote off Otani and whether or not he would be able to do this in the first place before he even uh, stepped a foot. Uh, on a major league diamond he's obviously doing it in japan before but to do it at the major league level is just kind of a, a, a separate feat that i don't think most people thought he would be able to be uh, kind of accomplish at this level and then i think the second thing here as well is that he's kind of doing something that's a spectacle on the night to night basis like in the, in the age of social media um where you know the nba and and football kind of dominate 
the the conversation on Twitter and on and on an Instagram, Otani provides this kind of novelty factor that is so unique um, in what he's doing. Because when when you look at what he's doing and, and you try to kind of contextualize his accomplishments, the only comparison is Babe Ruth, and Babe Ruth is the original American celebrity, and he's a guy who uh, you know is crosses over across demographics beyond just sports fan. Like Babe Ruth is an iconic American, and so to hear someone is doing something that puts him in the conversation of Babe Ruth on the baseball field. I think mm-hmm. that by itself is a headline grabber. We're talking about Los Angeles Angels baseball star Shohei Otani and his historic, historic season with June Lee, staff writer at ESPN, and J.P. Hornstra, Major League Baseball reporter for Southern California News Group. And you, our listeners, are sharing your thoughts as well. Tom writes... The Angels also have the generational talent in Mike Trout. How are they going to navigate that moving forward? Who will be the face of the franchise? And how do they get along? Uh, J.P. Hornstra, any any thoughts on that? Uh, the f- next player who tells me that they don't get along with Mike Trout or, or Shohei Otani will be the first. I, I, I don't see that as <laughs> the, the least of the Angels' concerns. Um, as far as the face of the franchise, I don't see any reason why you can't have two Um, You know, Trout's been in the league for 10 years now. I think if he retired tomorrow, he'd be in the Hall of Fame, Um, at least among baseball fans. He's already a well-established name. Uh, But I think Otani has the ability to transcend um, in ways that, you know, we've been talking about here. You know, even the least casual, even the least ardent baseball fan can recognize the name Babe Ruth. Um, And Otani has a chance to be in that conversation where non-baseball fans can know at least Otani's name. Um, you know, but if you've been following baseball at any point for the last 10 years, you know who Trout is. And I honestly, I think that uh, Mike Trout already having uh, a long-term future with the Angels was one reason why Otani wanted to be able to uh, sign with the Angels so that he didn't have the pressure to be the face of the franchise right away. Mm. He was able to kind of grow into that role. And Mm. and I think that benefits both of them. You know, June Lee, when I'm hearing that comment about face of franchise, I can't help but be reminded of, it just sort of reminds me of Stephen Smith, Stephen A. Smith's comment about how Otani couldn't be the face of the sport if he has a translator, if he talks through an interpreter. And I remember watching you basically have to respond directly to Stephen A. Smith on that position. First, what was your reaction to that? What was that experience like for you too, just personally? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was definitely a weird position to be in um, mostly because there's not many Asian Americans specifically covering the sport uh, and, and working at a place like ESPN where Stephen A. Smith is, is, you know, one of the most prominent media faces at, at our company. Um, it was something where I felt the need to speak up because of what I think Otani means for Asian Americans and, and Asian faces in baseball. Um, but also because of my own personal experience as a first generation American, where, you know, I came to this country, uh, not, not speaking English. I moved here when I was two months old. And, uh, my, my, my mom didn't really speak fluent English when I came here, when, when we came here. Um, and so I, I think there's this kind of idealism that, that transcends baseball and is very much a fabric of the game where, you know, baseball represents so much of America's values. And I think the game has been changing very rapidly over the course of the last decade or so, especially the last couple of years where we're seeing kind of this diversification in who can be the face of the sport where you have a lot of Latin guys, Fernando Tatis Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., who are all kind of 
major faces of the sport and English is in their, their primary language. And so I think we're seeing this kind of generational shift happen in baseball, whereas a guy like Otani, despite not being able to speak English fluently, um, and he, he does speak English, but he, he prefers to use a translator because he, he would like the media to interpret his words as, as precisely as he can um, through a translator in his native Japanese. Um, but I think we're reaching a point in, in baseball, and I think this is also reflected in America, where yeah. uh, we're, we're seeing uh, generally a, a kind of a power shift away from um, this, these old power structures and, and, and the ability to, to be the face of a sport, despite not, you know, English not being your first language. Yeah, it really has been revealing once again of where we are in America with with great athletes uh, with Asian roots, but also just, you know, um, generally where where we're headed, I think, is is really an important point that you're making. Let me go to caller Kyle, who's on the line with us. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for waiting. Yeah, of course. Uh, Yeah. Hi, Kyle McDonald uh, from San Francisco. I'm also a little league coach and just want to add first um, and affirm what you were saying. Your your, uh, speaker was saying. Um, in coaching Little League Baseball, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also finding that oh, Kyle? playing, and that's really exciting to see. Hey, Kyle, um, you actually so, cut out when you said, in coaching Little League Baseball, I'm also finding. You're also finding what? Oh, that, that um, there's a big influx of Asian kids oh. playing baseball. Yeah, I had um, lots of um, Chinese, mostly. Um, I mean, reflecting the population of children generally in San Francisco, but not something that I saw in, you know, even I would say, you know, eight, five, five to eight years ago with my son, who's white um, in playing Little League. So that's exciting to see, just affirming to what what your speaker was saying. But um, my question, um, and I'll take the answer off the air, but for um, both of your um, uh, speakers today was, whether or not they're seeing what Otani is doing, you know, it seems so singular, so unique. And like, there's nobody else in the minor leagues in major league baseball. That's, that's, that's even approaching doing that. I'm wondering if in other countries, um, you, either of you are aware of in Japan or Korea, it, are people doing this, even if they're not hitting for power, the way Otani is, do you see people hitting, you know, at a high level Maybe they're hitting 280, maybe they're hitting 300, and then they're also pitching. Is that happening, or is this truly unique? Mm-hmm. And Kyle, I'll take my answer off the air. Kyle, thanks. And just before I have you answer that, let me just remind listeners that you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Jun Lee or JP, either of you want to take that? I'll jump in a little bit. JP. I, to, to my knowledge, there's I, I have not heard of any player either in Japan or Korea or any other league who's been described as, as the next Otani, even possibly the next Otani, um, you know, and it, I think de- it really depends on what you mean by a high level. The best league in Japan is probably a little bit above AAA in, in terms of ability, a little bit below major league baseball. And, you know, there are, you know, borderline major league baseball players who will go to the leagues in Japan and Korea. And some of them do pretty well and some of them kind of struggle a little bit. So those are really high-level leagues. Uh, where I would suggest you look is the American college system. Um, there are some progressive coaches who will allow a talented pitcher and hitter to do those things as long as they're able. Um, and I think seeing an Otani will lessen the pressure on those players and their coaches uh, to force them to choose just one. Um, but you know, Otani's treading some uncharted territory, and even that next American college player NCAA Division One is a really high level. Um, for them to succeed at that level would be 
really impressive. And for them to keep doing it as a professional would also be um, almost unprecedented at this point. Well, let me read this comment from Brendan, who writes, real and true baseball is played only by the National League today. Pitchers got to bat, batters got a field. The designated hitter is an absolute abomination. <laughs> Julie, you got a reaction to Brendan here? Uh, I think that is probably a contentious topic among both AL and NL fans. I grew up as, a, as an American League baseball fan uh, in the Boston area. David Ortiz was my favorite player growing up, and he was uh, designated here for the Red Sox. So I would personally disagree with that, but that's definitely a topic that is contentious among baseball mm-hmm. fans, and I think it depends on, on what teams you, you grew up watching. Do you think uh, Otani will be the AL MVP, June Lee? Yes, yeah. Um, it, I mean, he he's putting together kind of, a season both at the plane on the mound where, you know, there's this stat called wins above replacement that tries to quantify how many wins a player adds. And by pitching and hitting at such a high level, Otani is kind of running away with that statistic right now. It's a stat that Mike Trout has historically uh, ranked really, really highly in uh, over the course of his career. Um, but by pitching and hitting and, and being this incredible fusion of a player, Otani is, is starting to tabulate, numbers there that, that is really wild. And just to, I wanted to touch on the previous question too. Uh, there was a player, Hunter Green, who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated a couple of years ago, who was both a first round shortstop talent and a pitcher who threw as high as 103 miles per hour. Uh, and and he, was, he was kind of forced to move uh, off the shortstop position and, and kind of focus on hitting because of this idea that uh, you can only do one. But I, I'm very curious to see in the next generation as, as we see kind of Otani succeed, uh, whether or not youth coaches and coaches at the collegiate level and the high school level will uh, let, let players try to do both because mm. of the success Otani's having. Wow. JP, do you think he'll get to 50? I think he will, health permitting. Um, you know, I think to June's point, Otani's wins above replacement total is so high that he could probably not play another inning of baseball this season and, and still win that MVP award. Again, even if he doesn't hit another home run, mm. um, just because of what he's doing on both sides of the ball. But I think for him to get to 50 home runs, uh, he's got to stay healthy. There's a little bit more than a month left in the season. Uh, but I think he can get there health permitting. And, and I think that for sure would... Um, probably make him the unanimous most valuable player. Well, that was one of the other questions from our listeners. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. And I don't know, June Lee, if you want to weigh in on what, whether or not he'll get to 50 home runs too, just before we. <laughs> uh, I, I think that he, I think he will, uh, you know, health permitting. <laughs> permitting. All right. Well, June Lee, staff writer for ESPN. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. This was fun. Also, J.P. Hornstra, Major League Baseball player for Southern California News Group. Great to have your analysis as well. Oh, it was great to be here. I had fun. And thanks to our listeners for joining us. Sorry, I think I may have called you a player. I mean, uh, (laughs) reporter. (laughs) Um, And our listeners for sharing their thoughts and questions about Shohei Otani. And uh, Ariana Prail produced today's segment. And she also produced the previous segment. Forum is also produced by Judy Campbell, Susan Britton, Tina Lauber, Blanca Torres, and Caroline Smith. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin. Our interns are Kimia Akbari and Jennifer Eng. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. We are going to go out with a song inspired by Otani fandom. This is Artist Camping with Otani's theme. Have a great weekend. Show.
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Generosity Foundation, and the Bernard Osher Foundation, supporting higher education and the arts. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.